Hello everyone, this is Jillian from Snack Time and we are so excited to officially launch season three. In today's episode, we're going to learn about our speaker's journey into becoming a dietitian, then we'll debunk some myths, evaluate on how to overcome objectives, and give you some tips to get started on your wellness journey. Of course, this wouldn't be a true podcast episode without a rapid fire segment, so you know that that is definitely coming back with us for season three. But first, let's go ahead and listen to a message from our sponsor. Simple Mills makes delicious snacks with purposeful ingredients that fill you up but never slow you down. They make delicious crackers from almond flour and cookies and snack bars with nut and seed flours with just that right amount of sweetness. Get your Simple Mills snacks and baking mixes at a retailer near you. Kicking off season three, knowing that we're going to talk to all dietitians, we wanted to answer one of your most asked questions, and that is, what is a dietitian and what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? So Jillian, can you break that down for us right now? Absolutely. In order to become a dietitian, the professional must have completed a minimum of a bachelor's degree at an accredited university that is included of specific coursework approved by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. These DPD courses range from a variety of sciences, maths, and even anatomy and physiology. Seriously, it's some hard stuff. And then you have to apply for a supervised practice program known as an internship or a residency. Once approved into a program, the student will then complete a variety of rotations in healthcare, in food service, in community, and maybe even some specialties based upon the person's interest. This program will last about six to 12 months. Upon completion and graduation of the program, the student can then apply and sit for the national examination. After becoming certified and passing the exam, the student is ready to practice, officially becomes a professional, but they must also complete continuing education. This continuing education can cover a variety of topics, but it is important to always be approved by the academy itself. A dietitian can work in hospital, clinical fields, sports nutrition, as Emma and I do, food and nutrition-related businesses, in private practice, community, universities, and even research. While this may seem like a lot, your dietitian has definitely done their due diligence to make sure that they are here, ready, and prepared to be able to serve you. Compared to a nutritionist, there really isn't much regulation. A nutritionist may be a super smart, intelligent person, but unfortunately, there's no way to regulate it and there's no way to know for certain. You can read an article online and call yourself a nutritionist. That's how simple it is. So we always encourage our clients and other professionals in the field to make sure you know that your professional that you're turning to for nutrition advice has a solid amount of research and education below their belt before they're giving you that advice. Well, we are back here in action, and we are so excited to have Nicole Hoskins here with us tonight. She is a registered dietitian, a Pilates instructor, a YouTube creator, a wellness coordinator, a wellness pro, and she's even had some solid experience with NFL camps and being an ICU dietitian during COVID. And rumor has it, if you mix Elle Woods and Alton Brown together, we have Nicole. So welcome, Nicole. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much. I am amped to be here. I also forgot I wrote that. So that part about Elwood. <laughs> no, I am so excited to talk to y'all. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts before, 
um, during my way to work. And it's been so fun. I love hearing like a girls talk and it's like my favorite thing to do before going to work. What a great, you know, pep talk start to your day. I love it. If our episode tonight is anything like the entertainment you provide on your YouTube videos, you know, we might go viral. So we'll keep that energy up. Emma and I were brainstorming, you know, who are some key players we like envision for season three? We immediately knew that we had to ask you because of like the equal passion that you have for fitness and nutrition and knowing that they all go hand in hand. We would love to kick off our conversation for you to tell us about yourself and then your journey about how you became a dietitian. Perfect. I will. So my name is Nicole. Um, I actually got into nutrition in eighth grade when my family decided to do the South beach diet and wild. And then, um, hated that because it's on Valentine's day week and you're not allowed sugar. And I realized that was terrible in eighth grade. And then after that, I started doing cross country ballet, a bunch of sports and saw that what you ate really did affect your performance in your sport. And so I was like kind of interested in it, but on the side, I still wanted to be a marine biologist because everybody um, that was born in the nineties wanted to be a dolphin trainer at SeaWorld. And because I couldn't do that, cause that's the only job in marine biology I wanted. I went to FIU for nutrition and I was like, oh my gosh, there's chemistry. I'm going to fail. There's no way I could do this. So plan B was party planning, but I actually got an A in chemistry and I actually taught um, a bunch of fraternity people how to do chemistry and got them better grades. So after that whole thing, I decided, okay, we're going to do dietitian. And then after your undergrad, you realize, oh, I have to get an internship. And you don't realize how competitive that is. And everybody is like, okay, you don't get it. You're out. And I was like, great. Um, I haven't really practiced for this at all. So I didn't get it. It was very upsetting. So I went to grad school for sports nutrition and for exercise physiology, which was amazing because FSU was like known for the sports program. And I was already working with the NFL combine camps. I actually found that job on the internet and I went to um, FIU for the interview and they were like, as long as you know nutrition and you're like going, you're okay with asking questions and learning on the way and you don't flirt with athletes, we're in. And I was like, great. Um, and so I was like, that's totally fine. So I did that for five years. I went to a master's program at FSU. And then I was like, okay, for sure I'll do the dietitian thing. But this time I went the ISPP route, which I don't know if you guys have heard, the individualized supervised pathway practice. And no one told me about that because they just said internship or out. And that actually had five people that could join them. And I applied to so many places that said, no, 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 no. So I totally cried for probably three months. And finally, I was like driving home from work and I got a call from University of North Florida. And they're like, you're our top pick out of all only five spots, you're a top pick. And I was like, I'm not going to tell them that 10 other people said no to me. How am I their top spot? So it's just like it happened. So then fast forward there, I taught an eating disorder class and then I did my internship and I, so, so I got my internship. There was been like, I'm so, so sorry. This is the part where it gets confusing. Okay. So I got my internship and then I had to cold call people because with ISPP, no one does it for you. So you cold call everybody. I finally found a hospital in South Florida. That's like, I'll take you that hospital. Actually, I did half of my rotations there and they hired me before I was even a registered dietitian. They're like, 
we love you. As long as somebody looks over your charting, you can have a job. And I was like, great, I haven't had a job forever. And you're gonna give me actual adult money, sign me up. Wasn't planning on going to the hospital route, but sure. So I did that. And then I actually got board certified in TPN and intral feedings. I worked with the ICUs. I taught residents about tube feeds. I threw myself into it. And then I realized I don't wanna do that anymore. So I did Pilates and I taught Pilates on the side. I did my own sports nutrition consulting on the side. And then I wanted something different. So then I went to corporate wellness and that was also just somehow I got the job. And so that's what I do now. So that's like long story short. So now I am the corporate wellness for 23,000 employees, um, which has been extremely exciting. So I bring platforms and programs to all of the employees that help the patients. So that's nutshell, as quick as I could talk. I love that. That's quite a strong little bit of this, little bit of that, little bit of this. You really got it all in there. And I really like, what I always tell people is you will get so many no's being like going into nutrition and dietetics because it is very competitive, but you will find your niche. And like you, if you are actually passionate and have, want to help people, you will find it. And it might just take a couple no's, but that doesn't mean you're a bad dietitian. You will find your spot in the world of nutrition. From all the experiences you've lifted so far, has there been like a huge surprise or shock in any of them? Like any experiences that you weren't expecting or plot twists along the way? I think what's the craziest thing, and I think it's every job, is no one really knows what they're doing. And the jobs you think you are underqualified, you are not. There's, there's always a means to find how to do your job. In clinician, as like a, a clinical dietitian, you will need to learn like equations. You will need to know what the regulations and the recommendations are and staying up to date. Yet the people skills are what's really important in any kind of job. So learning how to have relationships with others. That means learning how to talk to doctors, nurses, a patient's families. And then in the wellness space that I'm in now, still those same relationships, but now how to talk to execs, how to talk to managers, how to talk to leaders and how to talk to vendors. But what really is the most surprising is the amount of people skills you actually need. Yes, you want to learn metabolism. Yes, you want to learn absorption. Yet you do need to know how to talk to people and how to build relationships because that's where and how you're going to get to the next step. I think that's so true. And I love how you said for your corporate wellness, you're like, I don't know how I, that happened, but it just, it's happened after you listed like your long resume. I'm like, look at this girl go. Like she has so many fun. If you're confident in yourself and you're confident in your abilities, like it's going to go for you and you can do it. And I think that's a really great point for all our RDs to be that listen is like a few no's don't set you back it almost pulls you forward a little bit more. You figure out and you're adverse and with everything that you do, what is a typical day like for you? We love that you put, I, you have a nine to five and then a five to 11 job. <laughs> so break that down for us. What does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. So typical day would be, I wake up around five, 4.55, but you know, snooze five. And then I go work out. I actually have a gym right now that is three blocks away. So I'll either do that or I'll do my own Pilates workout, but I love being around people, especially in the morning. It just like gets me going. I'm an extrovert. It's just who I am. So I go do a group fitness kind of class. I come home, I get ready. I go to work uh, nine to five or just eight hours in the day there. I'm going to probably meet with 
teams. Right now I'm presenting a new well-being platform. We moved the entire hospital system from biometrics, which is just BMI, blood pressure, some cholesterol into a whole well-being platform that's looking at financial health, well, mental health, physical health, and social health. And all of those, and now I have to teach every single employee how to use it and how to get money from our hospital. So I do that for eight hours. And then after that, I will either film a YouTube video, script a YouTube video, edit a YouTube video. I'm trying to dabble in TikTok now. We will see. Um, it is so hard as somebody who makes YouTube videos from 20 minute videos to 30 seconds, especially since when I'm filming a 15 minute video, I film for an hour and I just scratch 90% of it. So TikTok's hard, but we're getting there. And then after that, oh, in between there, I sometimes eat and then I go to bed and I do the whole day again. We have to shout out your new YouTube channel. You guys have to go follow her at Nicole Hoskins. Go to that YouTube. We're going to talk about more videos, but this is a great point just to say, like, if you're here in the episode, pause, we'll still be here. Go watch her YouTube and come on back. It was actually crazy. My nine to five or my whole day was wild in South Florida. Like I had a Pilates job. I had the clinical dietitian and I was starting the YouTube video. I do not recommend it. I also had a therapist and she was like, if we could have one job, that would be great. And I was like, we will work on it. Um, 2020 did teach me that one job is okay to have. Okay. Fangirl moment. I really love your YouTube channel and I love how each of your videos delicately explains a lot of hot topics that we see these days on social media, you know, talking with your friends and topics that come up that seem to be a very aggressive stressor for many people and they actually shouldn't be stressful so you help break it down in those videos which i love and one of my favorites that you did was tasting a variety of milks you assess them on their creaminess their texture their flavor and that's exactly how we should be enjoying our foods we should be able to pick and choose the type of milk we want in our latte based upon what you enjoy, not comparing and contrasting if one has one more gram of sugar than the other, you really need to find the middle ground between eating nutritionally, but also foods that you really enjoy. And in that favorite YouTube video of mine, I think it's hysterical. And, you know, 15 minutes into it, you were just tasting all of these milks with cold brew, I think it was. <laughs> and in the video, you're like, you guys have no idea how much your heart is racing. But you know, so you're really dedicated to the cause here, but it is super important for us as a society to recognize that nutrition is not a one size fits all approach and that we kind of need to give ourselves some grace when it comes to these more challenging moments. Yeah, Huge. totally. So I want people to know that nutrition, it can be fun. And although these like healthier foods are delightful, they're, they may just be a marketing tool where it's like, look at this pretty thing that says it's healthier. Is it actually healthier? And does it actually taste like you should be drinking it? Because a lot of healthy foods can taste like cardboard. And then also, especially with the milks, I'm so happy you brought that up. That's one of my favorite ones as well. With the milks, everybody's always looking like, what's the healthiest? And you're like, okay, but what do you, what do you mean? What's the healthiest? Less calories, more protein, more fat, more vitamins. What is the thing you're looking for? Because all of them have something different to offer. Some of them do taste better with iced coffee and you will have to watch the video to see which one tastes better with iced coffee. That's amazing. I love what you said about you get to choose food that you like. Do you feel like that's why you started your new YouTube channel or why did you start it? Just fun because you really, you wanted to be really busy during your internship. 
I wanted to be really busy. Um, I always do. It's just who I am. But really, I started, I think like a lot of dietitians, we see so many people saying incorrect things on the internet. And I see a common thing that dietitians do is argue against them. And that kind of is a negative on a negative. And although that gets the views and although that gets the clicks and although it can be important to do, I think it's equally as important to show just the side that doesn't really look at the negatives of the nutrition and just prove what's fun, the truth about it without kind of being like, they're doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. It's not that. It's all gray area. Nobody has the exact science down. So I think I started it just to take out the negativity of nutrition and the extremes of nutrition and bring us back to the gray area. Pure in fact, it is a gray area because what was our nutrition that was best for our body 10 years ago is different than the nutrition that's best for our body five years ago and then today and then what's going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. And so it's so important to recognize that nutrition is such a gray area and it's so personalized. Like there are a lot of general recommendations, you know, like lean proteins, healthy fats, having tons of produce. Like there's tons of things that we can give blanketed statements for, but the true like customization aspect of it is such a gray area. You know, you can really fine tune what your needs are, but then also be so flexible with it. Want to bring it back to what you said is like, yes, there's blanket statements, like eat more produce. What's wild to me and has always perplexed me is that no matter what research study is out there, they always say produce is good. Fruits, vegetables, produce is good. Cool. Unless you're allergic to it, don't eat it. But otherwise, 99% of people can have five servings of fruits and vegetables. But also what research shows is only 10% of people actually do have the amount of fruits and vegetables. So instead of saying, do this diet, do this diet, do this, listen to this method, how about we figure out ways to get people to eat more fruits and vegetables that actually taste good and not just steamed next to chicken and rice? Like, what can we do that is realistic for people that people say it tastes good and it, they're getting all the benefits that all this research for years and years and generations have been saying to eat more of it? So instead of being like, only have this, don't have this, how can we give people more produce? I mean, you really hit the nail on the hammer, the nail, head, hammer, whatever the saying is, you hit something. Uh, because so often we hear, if you didn't have the blandest food, you're not doing it right. Or if you didn't have steamed chicken, you're not doing it right. Or steamed, you know, something that probably didn't taste so good. You're not doing it right. And that's not true. Like there are so many delicious and nutritious meal options out there. There are also ways, like things you could dip stuff in. Like, so if you really like, you know, ranch dressing, but that means that you're gonna eat your broccoli, it's okay to have some ranch dressing. Like maybe the ratio of how much ranch dressing to how much broccoli, we could talk about the ratio, but being able to still check off the box of getting your produce, I think that's huge. We need to come up with a whole YouTube episode on, this is the 500 different ways to eat your produce. Uh, we'll have to brainstorm that one. So many, so many cool experiences from working with the NFL, COVID experiences. Do you have a favorite experience? Do you have one that you wish you could relive and go back on or living right now in the present? I have one that's really funny. So when I did the NFL combine camps, I loved it. It was so much fun working with the athletes because they're, they're a bunch of goofballs. 
and they moved from their home to train at this camp for at least two weeks. It might've been more. That was 2009 is when I started that. I would go grocery shopping with them and them picking out food was just so fun to see what foods they would gravitate towards. Like some of them like SpaghettiOs. So we would get whole grain SpaghettiOs. And then as we're driving, driving, pushing the cart through, they might flirt with some girls and then I would interrupt and they'd be like, coach Hoskins, stop it. And I was like, you sign a contract and then we can flirt with girls. Um, but it was just so fun to go shopping with them, interact with the athletes and then see them perform. So I didn't go to the combine in Indianapolis, but I was able to watch it obviously and see where they would go. And every single season, we would just get along and build relationships that way. With that same company, I actually am helping them create another thing um, that hopefully will come out this year. So it's back to that whole circle of gaining those relationships with people is always going to help you grow to the next step. So even though I started with them in 2009, they reached out to me in 2020 to do a different project. And so now I'm doing that. And then COVID was crazy because I worked in the medical ICU for a couple of years and that's where the residents go and that's where you help educate them. And you're able to do both the floor and ICU. And then one day there was like talk of uh, something happening and you're like, oh, weird. And then the next day, now it's the COVID ICU. So you had like this juxtaposition of like knowing what you're doing every day, knowing how to handle it. And then the next day being something that no one's heard of um, and seeing all the nurses really and doctors and respiratory therapists and PT and everybody really work together on something that was so unknown and scary at the time and seeing how medicine actually did progress and get better and how smart and competent people were around you. So it was pretty cool. The, I have so many thoughts about what you just said. The first I just want to address is the COVID ICU. I started in clinical and during COVID as well, not in the ICU, but I was in clinical and watching our ICU dietitian. She was a badass. Like that is a badass job. Um, so I think that's amazing. And then obviously the work with the, the combine and the NFL camps and interested in, um, your, this new opportunity that you get to do is that still working with athletes? Is that a see where you see yourself possibly going down that road again, or how are you going to kind of combine all this experience that you have with them? So my parents taught me always say yes to everything. And I know that's like, it could be work too much. Your therapist that's- is listening. Like, uh, Nicole, we pissed. talked about this. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. So I will always look into opportunity. If it's something that interests me, I'm going to take it. A lot of things don't always work out. So if you say yes to something and it doesn't work out, that's okay. Will I say yes to another nine to five? No, I have like that boundary. Um, But anything else that sounds exciting or new, or it's going to challenge me, or it's a new experience, I'm going to say yes, only because what my past has taught me is saying yes to cool opportunities leads to more cool opportunities. And as somebody who did get told no a lot growing up and seeing all these things happen, it's just really cool to see where things will lead you. So this one thing is awesome, but this one thing I'm working with them could turn to something else. I actually have another fun thing that just happened. So on Clubhouse, I knew I met this guy named Larry. He's incredible. 
and we've been talking throughout the year. We're on Instagram and he sent me a story a month ago and it was Clay from The Bachelor. Um, he was one of the contestants and he's like, I'm looking for a dietitian. And Larry was like, you should reach out to him. I've worked with him. I was like, sure, I'll reach out to him. And I reached out to him. We now work together. So I actually helped him create a nutrition plan that is going live February 14th. So if you want to do a fitness, a fitness guide and a nutrition plan written by me, um, the fitness guide is written by Clay and he was in the NFL and he has nine years of NFL experience and a bunch of other stuff. He's also working with a PT for this program. I highly recommend doing it right now. It's only $30. It might be more expensive. I have no idea, but it's a nutrition guide. And what I'm excited about that is it's not like a meal plan where it's like breakfast, this, lunch, this, dinner, this. It is truly like pages of guidelines and what your plate could look like. If you're trying to gain weight, this is what your plate could look like. Here's some ideas of how to buy things. Are you plant-based? Here's plant-based proteins. Here's other proteins. Like it is very the nutrition plan I have always wanted if I started a fitness journey. So that was also a cool thing that me saying yes to, that's what I also wanted to share. Girl, yes, yes, yes. I love that. Well, first of all, if your parents are listening, shout out to them for letting you say yes to be on our episode. But also, you know, like there's so many opportunities that come our way and it cannot hurt to say yes to learning more about an opportunity because you never know what the heck kind of door that one's going to open. But the idea like, hey, do you want to hear more? Yes. <laughs> it can never hurt because one thing may lead to another and we've had a whole conversation about Clubhouse already, but thinking about like, you just happened to meet this person, right? And then if this person, you just didn't happen to say yes to that conversation, now who knows if you would have been you know, introduced or connected to this whole other thing and who knows what this meal plan and program that you've just worked on what it can lead to down the road and so I really want to honor and applaud you for that because that is huge that's so cool I mean you guys are making this podcast and this is a whole thing on its own I've thought of it don't have the time so I applaud you guys 10 times for doing this because it's incredible well you are welcome back anytime first of all second of all into everything this is that you do, what inspires you to do what you do? I know your parents inspired you to say yes, but what inspires you to, to do what you do in terms of building this wellness platform in terms of, you know, your career or being able to do different things down the road? A couple of things. One, I freaking love to entertain people and make people laugh. It is like the number one thing that I really love doing. So Beyond that, you give me a stage, I'm running with it. Doesn't matter what kind of stage, I'll figure it out. Um, second is, I think just like a lot of girls that grew up in the 90s, we were with the, where thin was in, where everybody said, what was that one thing? Where everybody said, something tastes better, nothing tastes better than skinny or whatever that line that Kate Moss said was. I just saw somebody post a TikTok that said that. And I was like, what century are we living in? Yeah, it was, so all of that and what that taught me, which was incorrect. So little Nicole is basically like, okay, this is what you went through. You don't want other people to go through that as well. And you want to make people laugh. So making sure people know they don't have to eat 1,200, 1,000 calories a day 
to be accepted or appreciated because that's what you think when you're younger and also just learn that food can be fun and that's where the whole entertaining comes into I have a whole episode on games when we were kids <laughs> I've had conversations with clients that are older than me younger than me and we always somehow at some point in our relationship have a discussion about late 90s early 2000s what was really in young girls magazines in an inappropriate way in terms of speaking about health and wellness I remember flipping through and like ripping out magazine articles to say from 17 teen vogue and it would say here's how to get a flat tummy for summer or eat this five foods to slim down or these six booty moves for whatever. And even just like the marketing around that, the education could have been so spot on, even like say if it was a balanced plate or if it was glute, some glute work, but just like the catch line, like the tagline or the impact of saying, oh, we're assuming you're going to need to be skinnier for summer, or we're assuming that you're going to want a bigger butt or that you're going to want to lose weight within these next 30 days before this magazine is officially summertime. And this is how you're going to do it. And it kind of ingrains in us, unfortunately, the baseline pattern of an eating disorder, whether we want it or not. And some of us are lucky where we're able to catch it and kind of just push past it. And some people are not so lucky because we don't have, some people don't have the education in terms of knowing what's the best way to take care of your body and what's not. I always joke that my career as a dietitian and personal trainer shouldn't be a job. Like we should learn how to take care of our bodies in school, just like we learn about the presidents and two plus two and all that fun stuff, but it's really not talked about enough. And so it makes complete sense that you get inspired by debunking all these myths, cracking the code, sharing so that other people don't have to go through some exposures that we've had in our younger, in our younger days. So even though if so a lot of people might, might be like, well, that didn't cause me to have any disorder, which is great. Love that for you. What it may have caused is unhealthy eating patterns or unhealthy relationship with foods or disordered eating patterns that we now normalize. So yes. I am not hungry for breakfast. Well, you haven't been hungry for breakfast since you were 15. Doesn't mean you're not hungry for breakfast. It just means that this is a pattern in a relationship with food that you have could be one thing or you don't have this one food and it could have been grained into you way past the years, like when you were way younger and you have no idea. So again, the fun and entertaining will come into pinpointing or just making fun of some things we see as normal when you're like, that's not normal. Like you can eat oatmeal or cereal or eggs in the morning and it'll be good. And if you have that for a week, you'll probably get hungry for breakfast. Right. You need to untrain what we should not have trained 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I know when we asked you some questions before you hopped on, one of the things you mentioned is that extremes are your arch nemesis. And you like to make your at-home workouts that are enjoyable and you review all these healthy food brands, teach us all your tips and tricks. One of the things you mentioned was how to make healthier cocktails. And so I am dying to ask, what is your favorite cocktail? Oh my gosh, what a second favorite topic. Um, I love happy hour and it is my favorite time on Friday. 
what is my favorite cocktail? Okay, so right now my favorite cocktail is a Negroni. It's I've, I don't know if you guys have had it's like Campari, gin, and bitters. I don't know. It's a concoction. It's a really bitter drink. I don't like super sweet drinks. It's not because of the sugar. It's just because it's so sweet. And I'd rather have my sweets with brownies. Like that's the sweets I like. I don't like it in a drink. But Campari is super bitter. So one, I'm going to sip on something that's super bitter. And two, it's way more complex, I guess. It's I'm 30, so I use words like that for drinks. Um, but before, so Negroni, number one. In my most recent video, there is one that's like Negroni. It's like a Campari spritz. And they did tonic or club soda, Campari, and champagne or Prosecco. And that, I think, also, now that I just said that, is my favorite drink right now because I live in Florida, so we don't have winter. So it's hot no matter what, except right now it's 50, so it's freezing. But usually it's really hot and just a little spritzer is delightful. What are y'all's favorite I drinks? Know. Moscow Mule. I love ginger. So any Moscow Mule that has a strong ginger profile. Again, too, I do like it. It's a little bit, it's a sipping drink that I like that. Um, if I am having myself a night, straight tequila shots. Listen, um, my family knows that if I come over and there's an event, we're all taking a tequila shot. Like that's just the way it rolls. So definitely tequila shot and then maybe a, a cocktail with Campari and then maybe some wine. I sense a trend here that specific alcohol-wise, tequila is probably the go-to, but I would say that a mojito seems to be like fun little thing and even turning it into mocktails, if you are not doing alcohol that night, that's gotta be my answer. It's a very Floridian drink. You should just come down here. We have them everywhere. And on the, I guess, topic of cocktails and, and drinking, that sometimes gets put in this bucket of like this not healthy category. So how do you feel like you help people create a healthy lifestyle, even with alcohol involved, since we all love happy hour? I first say alcohol is not healthy. So I first say, let me just tell you right now, there is no such thing as toxins except for alcohol. That is a toxin. Your body hates it. It's trying to get it out immediately. So I am never going to stand by and say like, yes, the drinks I make are actually the epitome of health. But I will say this ties in with moderation. This ties in with everything that isn't healthy. If you do like to drink, you can definitely have it in your day and it's not going to derail anything. And you can have it in your day if you enjoy it, right? If you're not abusing it. And just like you said, you can also make it into a mocktail. Like if you're like, I'm not, alcohol doesn't sit well with me. Okay, great. Don't have it. Have a mocktail. I remember being in college and not really wanting to get super, super drunk, but like still I'm an entertainer still wanting to entertain people. And so I would actually have straight up diet soda and pretend that it had alcohol in it. And then if people wanted to take a sip, I'd be like, okay. And they would sip and like, this tastes like nothing. I was like, I know how crazy is that? And so I make alcohol or not alcohol drinks fit into my day based on how my body feels. And so that's what I want to make sure I do for others. Does it fit in your day? Do you like how you feel? Do you like how you feel the next day? Great. Let's figure out how to make it work. Excellent way to put it. Now in present day, Nicole, 2022, you've had quite the experience career-wise, personal development-wise. What are some 
real and honest challenges you face? How do you overcome your objectives? Oh, straight up imposter syndrome. 100% every single day of my life. No, it, no, it's gotten way better now. It has gotten way better now. Thank you to my therapist. But when I am recording videos, I know, go to therapy. When I'm recording videos, I always second guess myself. Like, is, is this the most updated research? So the week before I have my topic, I am now researching reviews, meta-analysis, everything about reviews of literature, about what I'm going to talk about. And I go in spirals of, okay, but what about this? What about this? What about this? And even when I'm saying it, or I'm trying to make the video still entertaining without me being like a robot, it's difficult or there is that imposter syndrome of I'm doing it wrong. I'm not saying it right. Somebody else could say it better. Yet you do have to, and you being me, have to remind yourself you're doing the best. You're doing all this research that you know people on TikTok, on YouTube, aren't doing a lick of the research you just did. So have faith in your education, have faith in your experiences, have faith in the reviews of literature you just had. So kind of the logical brain has to step in with imposter syndrome. So I have that. And also balancing everything, but you just, you figure it out. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose and you start it over the next week. You are definitely doing your due diligence. You are definitely doing all the licks of research. Okay. So over the past few decades, we've really seen a shift in the wellness industry. Where do you feel that it's going and how do you feel like dietitians are a part of it? So what I think is the more I'm on TikTok, but it's my algorithm, I am seeing more dietitians on there showing the right things and showing nutrition being fun. I'm not the only one that's like eating broccoli is funny, but there's also other people on the other side and there always will be, right? So if there's clicks, if there's views, people are going to say it. With the amount of information out there, I think more and more people are getting braver and I think good people are getting braver. I think dietitians are getting braver to be in front of the camera. Just like y'all, I think people are kind of inspired by others to show people research and science. With anything, especially wellness, another diet is gonna come and they're just gonna word it differently. Keto is actually Atkins, is actually the low carb diet before. They will rename themselves. We will always have a job, that's for sure. I do think it is going more whole being. If I'm being honest, more and more so than I think ever, at least from growing up, we didn't talk about mental well-being and financial well-being and social well-being and physical well-being altogether. When I was growing up, there was a debate on if dietitians should even talk about fitness. Like that was a huge thing in college is should dietitians talk about fitness? Is that something they should talk about? Which of course it's part of health. So I think as we move on as dietitians, we are going to need to look more into nutrition, physical health, and also probably social health, mental health, and have more of a team outside of us that we can go to and refer out. So I think nutrition wellness is going to be more whole being than just one thing. And if we want to help others, it is going to need to be more than just the apples we eat. If somebody came to you and said, you're looking to get started on my wellness journey, what advice would you give them for like their first big step or next big couple steps? Oh, I say this advice every single time I say, add a fruit or vegetable to your day. That is my number one thing. I first ask how many fruits and vegetables are you eating a day? And they usually say one. And so I say, well, did you know the serving size is supposed to be five a day? Do you think you can make it two? And they usually will be like, well, why? And then I'll say, 
where it has worse vitamins and minerals. But besides that, it is high volume. So you're going to feel full quicker because that's what they want to hear. You're going to feel full quicker. And it's true because it has water and fiber. And you're going to get all these other benefits. So not only are you going to be healthier, but it's also going to help your gut. It's going to help your mood. It's going to help everything. Such great advice. And I think in our day and age society, to your point, Atkins, keto, intermittent fasting, paleo. I don't know if that's still popular. So many different things come and go. And we need to all scale it back to the basics of just eat more fruits and veggies, y'all. That's all you got to do. There's this one sports psychology guy. And he was only talking about sports psychology. I think it's Tim Grover that he said this on Armchair Expert. He said, before you're great, you have to be good. And I think that really plays into nutrition too. Before you become the athlete, everybody wants to eat like an athlete. You need to eat well. So eating well is those lean proteins. Eating well is those uh, fruits and vegetables, the whole grains, the healthy fats. So to be great, you first have to be good. And that includes all those foods. That's awesome. And there you have it, folks. Uh, no, but we have one more thing for you. But some of our favorite things to do with our guests is to have like a rapid fire segment. And so we have some questions ready for you. And we'll, Emma and I will go back and forth, throwing you out some questions. We might put in from some of our own two cents as well. But we want to hear your like gut response. How does that sound? Usually I'm very long winded. So I'm going to do the best I can. It's going to be great. So first things first, are you a morning or an evening person? Morning. Are you a coffee or a tea person? Coffee three times a day. Ice or hot? Well, when it's freezing cold in Florida at 50, hot. Other days, iced. What is your favorite dessert? Chocolate chip oatmeal cookie. You have a recipe for that. On the back of the uh, Quaker Oats box, there is a yes. recipe for like yes. an oatmeal raisin, oatmeal chocolate chip. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. This is not a paid advertisement. What is your favorite way to work out? Pilates or just around people. Love that. What is your favorite peanut butter brand? Jif, but I now buy Earth Balance to get like flax and a little healthier. But Jif, you're lying if you say otherwise. Do you want to do a um, peanut butter taste test on YouTube with us? <laughs> yes, I do. Again, this is not a paid advertisement. Jeff did not sponsor us to say that. We, uh, you know, sign me up for that YouTube video. What is or has been your favorite place to visit travel-wise? Steamboat Springs, because it was the second time I saw snow. And I almost skied into a moose. That's we need more details need here. <laughs> well, I'm skiing pizza, pizza. So I'm looking down because I'm a Floridian and I hear people and I'm like, that's weird. And I look up and there's one huge moose with, they're ginormous. And then it's baby moose. I am not kidding you. Maybe a person away, like six feet away from me. And I was like, wow, if I didn't look up, I would have definitely got chomped down by a moose. Thank goodness you're pizza and not French fries. Otherwise you would have been sliding right in no I, I'm too I was on a green too just straight pizza that's how I ski too what about are you more of a city girl or more of a suburbs girl oh city 100% what is your favorite way to stay hydrated 
So truth be told, I am terrible at drinking water. The only way I can drink water is if there's a straw. So I need one of the tumblers with a straw and then I will chug water all day long. So favorite way to be hydrated, water with a straw and stickers on my tumbler. That is the trick. Do you like to dress up or like to dress down? I dress up all the time. I'm the one who says, let's dress casual. And then I come in with the full nines of hair, eyelashes, spray tan, outfit. Let's go. Your favorite way to zen out? Gilmore Girls and probably an ice cream. Our last question, maybe the most important one. How does somebody get in touch with you? How does somebody follow your YouTube? How does somebody get to your uh, media? Maybe see your TikToks. So it's under Nicole Hoskins, every single one of them. So Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, Hoskins, H-O-S-K-E-N-S. Everybody wants to put an I. I think my family spells it wrong because everybody else does it, but it's H-O-S-K-E-N-S. You heard it here, people. Go watch that iced coffee video. You have to find it. Thank you so much for coming on. I think that we covered about 100 topics that we could dive into deeper so we would love to you know do that have you back on but we're so appreciative you have such amazing experience and just such a fun personality just this well that's it team thanks so much for joining us today on snack time we hope you had a great snack while listening to this episode and we can't wait until next time until then you can find us on social You can find our lovely Emma at rd underscore Emma B. And you can find Jillian at eat.train.love.nyc. Be sure to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast and share this episode with your friends and family.